On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we get out of solitary long enough to tunnel through the wall of maximum security in Stephen King's novella, Rita Hayworth in Shawshank Redemption, and its 1994 film adaptation, The Shawshank Redemption. And we ask the question, did Hollywood's casting improve Andy and Red? Hmm. Also, how long would it take to tunnel through a cement wall? Apparently a long time. Content warning, uh, there's uh, the prison rape, there's murder, there's some use of the N-word, not a lot, but it's there, prison abuse, basically by the guards, you know, and on each other, uh, and suicide. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, the podcast where, you know, we, Mel B, and Miss Jackie D., your host, hey, hi, drunkenly break down book to screen adaptations each week, or you know, like in this case, every couple weeks, because there's some shit that's been going on. But we'll get into that. We'll get into it. Don't worry. So we flip a coin. You know, we see who's going to read and who's going to watch first. Then we come together with the alcohol and we compare notes because we want to see, like, did it make a difference if we read the book first or not? Uh, I think we only have a few examples so far where that's really, really changed how we felt about a story. And then, you know, we, uh, people ask why, why do we do this? Um, we don't have an answer for you. We just like to read. We like to watch shows and movies <laughs> and drink. And then we thought, why not talk about it and share it with people? via i think it's a natural progression it is i think it is because we dived deep into like the book talk world and then we just went crazy jackie and i love to read it you know life got in the way there for a little while but then we got back into it um i feel like we should have a special episode that we dedicate to the book because as crazy as it is it is that book are you are you talking about like capital T? Yes, the, the book. book. Capital T, capital B, the book that got us back into reading hardcore. And I mean hardcore as a double entendre. I'm going to tell you right now, if they ever, ever adapt that into a show or a movie, I am not watching it. I doubt that. At least not with other people. Maybe by myself in secret. Like, with the remote, ready to, like, turn it off or fast forward? Yeah. Well, you know it's going to be on my iPad, and I'm just going to be like, close what? What? Just press button, put flap cover on. So, for all of you, I think we've talked about this before. There might be some people out there, like, if you're new, they're like, what the f- I don't think we've ever named it. I don't think we've ever named it either. Mm -hmm. You're right. We just talk about it in secret. I don't know if I'm ready to announce it yet. I think maybe we'll just let the suspense build up and do an episode because we are, that's something that we're going to talk about. We are going to start a new podcast and like a mini one, one that doesn't have as much work because this one does have a lot of work put into it. There's a lot of shit we research. And some of these books are not easy reads. 
at all. I'm looking at you, little women. Yeah. And interview with a vampire. Oh, Jesus. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. You heard me. Anne Rice. You all, rest you fucking Anne Rice fanatics rest out there. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. I'm going to pour one out for you. Absolutely. Bless her soul. Uh, but no, fuck you. Fuck you, Anne Rice, you non-chapter writing bitch. And you're just, just page after page after page of monologue. I hate it! Anyway, wow, we got far, far off the, into the deep end on that one. Um, if you're wondering what we're talking about, we do have an episode. It's a couple episodes back. The interview, or interview with the vampire. All of you get it wrong and say interview with a vampire. No, no, no. It's the vampire, Louis. Somebody interviews him, and it's fucking awful, the book that is. Go look for it. <laughs> I forget. It's like 25. I don't know. It's it's one of those back there. 24, 25. I don't know. This back there. Definitely watch the movie. Anyway, let's get into this. So if, if it is your yeah. first time with us, welcome. If you're returning, we love you. And if you haven't done so already, please take a moment. Give us a rating. It helps if you leave a comment as well, because it kind of bumps up our channel on all those you know apple podcasts the algorithms spotify and apparently we're on a lot of other ones that i just because I, I signed us up for like an rss feed and i'm like i don't know how any of this works and i just signed us up and it just shoots our podcast out there to a whole bunch of shit um and we got like a lot of listeners on amazon and google and I didn't even know those had podcasts. I mean, I'm stupid for not assuming that they do, but they do. And then there's like some random ones too that we're on that we have listeners on. So if you are listening there, we definitely love you because we didn't even know you were there. And then you came to us anyway. We love you. We love you. If you think we deserve five stars, I mean, that would be great. I'm a perfectionist and I love to see five stars. If you don't think we deserve it, then, you know, fuck you. But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, okay. So, also, social media. We are there, unfortunately. There's a lot of the social medias. We have the Facebook, the Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are there. We are on TikTok at ReadWatchDNF or at ReadWatchDNF underscore podcast. I feel like if you just type in ReadWatchDNF, we're going to pop up because there's literally nothing else out there that's named that. There's also a Discord. So... We're starting a Discord. Mm -hmm. Actually, I mean, it has been started. We're just fucking lazy. It's there. It's created. But what we're going to do with it is kind of fun. Uh, we are going to do the sort of um, book of the month club, per se. I guess you can't call it that because it's copyright, right? Isn't that like a company book of the month? Uh, I don't even know. Please don't, don't come know. for us. I was just saying, you know, the phrase. Uh, but we will give each month... Before the beginning of the month, we will announce what the last book of the month that we're, we're going to record. Uh, so you guys can read along with us. And then we will also have a watch party via Discord for that movie, the adaptation that we're going to do. Um, so if you're looking for that, check out our social medias and it has our link tree in there, which will take you back to our buffer page. And that has a Discord link. It is uh, closed down because I, you know, I am a gamer as well. I know how shitty Discord can be. And I really don't want to see any dick pics. So if you're interested, just, you know, request to join. Please have a um, authenticated account, meaning that it's hooked up to an email or phone number. I will not be accepting any of the random no 
uh, no name accounts because those are usually the ones that send dick pics and I don't, I don't want gross. to see them. It's really gross. gross. I think the penis is probably the or most disgusting. Like in the, in the, in the Brad Paisley song, pictures of your little Brett Yeah, Favre. we don't want to see your little Brett Favre. And I'm telling you, most of the time, I'm talking like all the time, it's really not that impressive. So don't send it. Okay. I don't know what guys realize is it's gross. Yeah. I mean, do Jackie and I love some D? Absolutely. But do we want to look at it memorialized in picture form? No. No. Absolutely not. Unless you're Henry, Henry Cavill. Are you there? Hello? <laughs> Actually, you know what? I still feel like it would be gross. Yeah. I feel like if Henry Cavill sent me a dick pic, I would, first of all, I would be absolutely flattered and I would show everyone. But also at the same time, I would be disturbed. I would feel a little violated as I'm showing everyone and bragging that Henry Cavill sent me a dick pic. Um, but I'm pretty sure it would still be kind of <laughs> gross. Okay, just as long as we're on the same page with that. Yeah. So yes, I don't know where, how I got off on that. We've been drinking yeah. a little bit already. We're going to get into what we're drinking currently. Uh, Jackie and I came from our favorite spot. Jimbo's. The Jimbo's. Because tomorrow's a holiday and we're off and we don't got to work tomorrow. And I asked for some shots. And I did have some shots. I actually yeah. don't know what they were. Actually, no, what, one of them was a, what? An upside pineapple down. Pineapple upside down. Pineapple upside down. Shot. And I have no idea what Teresa gave you. I don't either. But it was, it was actually really good. So props to her. It almost it almost looked like a lemon drop. Yeah, but it wasn't um like super sugary and tart like a lemon drop. Hmm. Or I just don't fucking know at all. And it could have been. Maybe she just doesn't know how to make one and she gave me what she thought was a lemon drop. I have no idea. It had alcohol and it went down pretty smooth. So thank you. Jackie had beer. A lot of beer. Four of them. Yeah, I still can't do the beer. Okay. Dedication. Uh, yeah. Who are we dedicating this one to? Fucking YOLO. Let's go. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm going to dedicate this one to my husband because I have one of those now. Yeah, you do. The Steven and I are, uh, we are officially married. That's where Jackie and I have been the past couple weeks. We were in Disney. We were on a cruise. I was getting married like a fucking princess. Walking down the It was the beautiful. Stair. It was. It's great. I might post beautiful. some pictures on social media, but I'm also really self-conscious and I don't want people to be like, you know, mean because I might cry. Melissa. Fine. I will post. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. I will, uh, I will give them to our social media manager, Marina, uh, cause she's pretty good at this and let her post something. So I'll post something. Uh, one, one would be good for the podcast sake would be the one of me and you in front of the pumpkin tree. Yes. On the because ship. that one's super fucking cool and because I love Jackie. I like it. Yeah. Actually, Jackie and I had decided that if the men were being stupid, that Jackie was just going to stand in his place and we'd get like married by proxy. Mm-hmm. Right? Jackie would just stand there and we'd say our vows via that yep. way. Yeah. I actually probably would have preferred that. <laughs> I just don't appreciate the fact that Stephen refers to the guinea pigs as Mel and Jackie. I mean, it's funny, but at the same time... I am not a guinea pig. So I'm going to say this, all right? Um, and it might be because I'm a little drunk. I think it's actually pretty fucking funny because when he said that and I looked over at the cage and looked at those two fat bitches just going to town at the trough, one with the dark butt and one with the light butt, I was like, 
Jackie, it is us. <laughs> Two of them just side by side, butts wiggling, just go into town yeah. at the travel. I'm like, oh, that's, fuck, it's us. us at Jimbo's and replace the food with alcohol. And we're like, good. Okay. Yeah, sometimes don't even replace the food, just add it. Yeah. <laughs> My guinea pigs uh, are now Jackie and Mel. Yeah. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this, guys. I'm sorry. We're like all over the place. If this is your first time listening, I, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. I don't apologize. But I am going to dedicate our F-bombs to my husband, because he is that now, even though we've been together forever. He's officially my husband. He's actually wearing a ring. I put a ring on it that just, Yay. you know, should have put a ring on it. I did put a ring on it. Uh, and also... For all of you out there, uh, Marines, this is for you as well, because happy birthday, Marine Corps. Yeah. The blah, ones blah, that blah. we know also, especially. Yeah. Pew. Yeah. Hey, Pew Pew. Ryan. Ryan. My boo, yeah. but like not in a creepy way because he's a baby and my subordinate, but he's great. He's like my assistant, my bitch. No, he's not my bitch. He held on the fort at he work. He really did. I want to tell you about my Marine that uh, works for me. He showed up to the office about two days before I left to go on this excursion, a.k.a. Disney and then my wedding. Um, and I was already checked out because I'm like, I don't fucking want to go. I don't want to be at work anymore. Let's go. And he showed up and I'm like, listen, you're going to run everything while I'm gone. And he was like, what? He's like, I feel like this is meant for somebody of a much higher rank than me. And I'm like, it definitely is, but I trust yeah. you. He's a corporal, by the way. Yeah. And I was like, peace out, Ryan. You got this. And he did. He, uh, I heard that he probably was freaking out the entire time, but he did a fantastic job. So this is also for you, Ryan. You did it. Yeah. Um, and another thing, I got off that ship. So mind you, we we're on a cruise part of it. Got off the ship. I didn't have a voicemail, any text messages, no emails. From work. So everyone just did what they needed to do. So this is for you too, guys. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Good job. I'm such a good boss. <laughs> fucking cat! Yeah, I'm looking at you, you fucker. Little bitch. Which one is it? Epcot. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about what we're drinking to justify all this rambling that we've been doing. Okay. Um, well, I am now drinking Samuel Adams Black Lager, which is part of the seasonal mix that they have now. Um, I don't know why I chose that one. I think it was the first bottle that was at the front, but I figured <laughs> New England story deserved a New England beer. Uh, but that's like, after- I don't know why I'm drinking this, but, um, yeah, well, I mean, I, it, convenience a, people, yeah. convenience. It was there. I mean, it was easily accessible. Well, it's after the four devil's backbone Vienna loggers that I had at Jimbo's. So I figured I'd stick with a, a logger, but thanks, James. Yeah. Love you. So I had shots. I had a, what's it called? A dirty Shirley. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So yeah. it's a Shirley Temple, and if you don't know what that is, it's grenadine and Sprite. With some... He didn't put any cherries in it. I just realized that. What a bitch. That fucking bitch, James. Um, but then it has vodka in it. And I specifically requested cherry vodka because I was feeling a little fruity. Uh, so I had that. 
came home and then we went ahead and filmed the recipe that is for this episode, which is called the hooch martini because it's, it's based on prison hooch. If you don't know what that is, prisoners like to make their own booze in the slammer and they do that by uh, using what they have available to them because they don't have alcohol, but they have like orange juice, apple juice, grape juice, whatever they have. Um, I think they put bread in there. I think they put Jolly Ranch, not Jolly, either Jolly Ranchers or gummy bears, like whatever they have candy wise that's fruity, they put in there for the sugar. The bread is obviously for the yeast and so to ferment. Um, and then there's some other stuff they fucking do with it, but it's fucking gross. They put it in a bag in their toilet and then they let it sit. And there are YouTube videos if anyone wants to live vicariously through making prison hooch. I don't know. But there's YouTubes if you want to make it at home. Um, I, I don't think there's a reason to. You could just go get actual booze. And with all the ingredients that are involved and how much you have to use of it, I feel like it'd just be cheaper to get a drink. Like an actual drink. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we made a drink called the Hooch Martini. It has the flavors yeah. of what a yeah. prison hooch would have. So we used grape vodka. We used some uh, blue carousel for the orange flavor. We used some pineapple juice. We used some lemon and lime juice uh, for the Sprite affair and topped it off with some champagne. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Was there anything else in there? No, I think that was it. It'll be on social media if you guys are interested. It's a cool little martini. Um, if you don't like grape flavor, mm-hmm. uh, maybe use a citrus vodka, like yeah. an orange yeah. vodka, um, or something like that. Because if you, if you use a grape, it's gonna taste like you took grape Kool-Aid and mixed it with tang, right? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely an acquired taste. It tastes like uh, like I made it in my toilet, but I didn't. Yeah, actually, it's really not bad. I, not I mean, fan. Jackie doesn't like grape flavor, so if yeah. you don't like grape flavor, I would suggest using a different type yeah. of vodka. Um, but for those of you that don't drink alcohol but would like to experience the prison uh, debauchery, then go ahead and get some grape Kool Aid, not watered down though. Do a little extra sugar in there and then mix it with some tang. And I feel like you're going to have the same effect. Not the same color. It's going to look more muddy than our drink, but I think the flavor palette's going to be there. Disgusting. Jackie, uh, since we're back at it, a drinking game? Oh, yeah. Um, So there were quite a few. Uh, I'm just going to go with the first one that I found. Some of them were really, really long. And I'm not going to bore you with the 50 different rules involved in these drinking games. Uh, So this one is from games.lucky, L-U-K-K-Y dot U-S. Difficulty rating is sloshed. Rule number one, uh, take a drink when someone says innocent Andy Dufresne or Shawshank. Rule number two, someone has a cigarette in their mouth. Rule number three, it's a meal scene. Rule number four, each pack of cigarettes 
that shows up on screen. So that's a lot of cigarettes, by the way, because they're prisoners in the 40s, 50s, 60s. There's a lot of smoking going on. Uh, Rule number five is one or more of the sisters harasses Andy, and that's the sisters with a capital T and a capital S. And rule number six is one of Andy's posters shows up on screen. Those are the main rules. There is an alternate game option. Um, and this one says just drink whenever red narrates. That one, the difficult difficulty rating is drunk, not sloshed. So if you just do that alternate game, you're just going to get drunk. You're not going to get totally shwasted. Do you think that they, uh, tried this out, tested it? Do you think it's proven? Um, I don't know. Because what, what is the difference between drunk and slosh? I mean, I know there is a difference, but how how do you know? Like, is somebody sitting there with a notebook? Sloshed is sloppy. Yeah. Drunk would be like you're, you've had enough to drink that you can't drive, but you can still form coherent sentences. So I, I just think. want to uh, correct Jackie for a second. Um, if you have a drink, you should not drive. True. PSA. Okay, continue. That that is that is one hundred percent true. So I think drunk is you go in there and you know for a fact that you're going to have enough to drink that you should just take an Uber to the cab. Is that a good save or an Uber? Yeah, or to just the leave bar? your car there. Yeah, just leave your car there. Yeah, or have somebody else drive. Uh, or you know, fucking YOLO. Sloshed is you're sitting at home on your fourth devil's backbone and your no dragon's milk sam adams dragon's huh? milk well i'm saying for right now oh. fourth devil's backbone and then you're on your second sam adams black lager and then you're probably gonna go downstairs and have some more and you're not really sure what a sentence is and when you're standing up on your feet you think that you're still sitting jackie down. are you slosh is that what you're trying to tell us right now no no, I'm not right now. I know for a fact I'm sitting down. All right, I am. I don't actually remember the last I have a time pretty I was high sloshed. tolerance. Jackie and I found out on some of our cruises that um, we can drink uh, to a point where we are literally just sober again. We are not exaggerating, and it's actually quite concerning and scary. I think we may need help. Anyway, but <laughs> um. I, I just want to say, little PSA, there is another drinking game. It's on Sober.co, S-O-B-U-R dot C-O. And it has so many rules, it's not even funny. And it breaks it down to drink one if a certain person does this, drink two oh, if a certain much. person does this. But there are I feel like you're so not even rules. watching the movie at that point. You're just... No, you're paying more attention to the stupid list. And there's also no way that you could consciously drink that quickly. No. Like, unless you're just chugging. And then at that point, if you're chugging, you're going to get sloshy. Yeah. Because there's two different categories for Andy. Uh, drink one if Andy, and then drink two if Andy. Then there's one if Hadley, then... Two if Red, two if Haywood, two if Brooks, two if Norton, two if anyone chug if andy so there's three for andy oh 
finish your drink and go to bed if you see two friends embracing on the beach. That's the yeah, end yeah. of the movie. <laughs> so you should be going to bed anyway if you're not. I'm sorry, there but by that point, you are not even coherent enough to be able to read that. So yeah, it's yeah. You know what we're going to do? We're going to post these links on social media uh, and we will give credit to where we found them from. Uh, we always say this, you know, like do what you fucking want to do. But also maybe we are not encouraging you to go out and do these. Um, if you do, I hope you're at home with somebody with 911 on speed dial because you will get alcohol poisoning. Stay safe, people. Stay safe. All right, so the whole premise of this show is, uh, you know, we break down book-to-screen adaptations, but what we do between me and Jackie is we decide when we flip this coin, who is going to read first and who's going to watch first. This For this story, I watched first. So we both ordered the book. Um, I have the paperback. It's a novella, so it's very, uh, it's short. I think it's like barely, yeah, it's like 111 pages. Super short. Super short. Um, quick, easy read. The paperback is, uh, what is this? Scribner Books? Scribner. Yeah, it's by Scribner Books. Obviously Stephen King. Um, so here's the thing. I really think, and I, I think we talked about this last episode with The Body, because that was another novella by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I think he just has a fucking maniac brain, and he can't keep it all in, so he has to just just push these stories out, and he wants to write all these short stories. Um, but he just, like, puts all the little short stories together to make a novella, so you can get it published. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of stuff in here where I feel like he had multiple stories in one. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I'm just saying, making a note, quick, easy read paperback. I actually really like this paperback because it's so flimsy, but also holds its shape and it smells good too. That's always good. It smells good. I don't understand the, um, Oh, you know what? I do understand the cover now. I just don't think I ever mm-hmm. looked at it fully. Uh, I'm like, what the fuck is this? It just has the weird, like, Stephen King name. Here's another thing. Why is Stephen King's name so fucking big on the book? Like, can I just see what the title is? I know you wrote it. I know, Stephen King, we, you have a whole shelf. Actually, no, it's like a whole case to yourself yeah. at Barnes & Noble. If you go, and it's not just in the horror section. It's like science fiction, fantasy, literature, horror. He had mystery. He has his own bookcase. Bookcase. Full of his books. We know it's you. They shouldn't even just, they shouldn't even put the category at top. They should yeah. just put Stephen King. And I just got way off time. But anyway, so the cover is black and it's got this red thing and this person. And I'm like, what is this? this? is so weird. I just realized now it is the it's rock. It's the hammer. Yeah. It's yeah. Jackie, don't shut up. I just realized. I just realized what it was because I looked at it fully for the first time. It is. It's the hammer, the rock hammer that he uses to like chisel his way out of prison. Um, but this dude in here is, I guess, supposed to be him climbing through the, uh, sewer. Yeah. Through disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just got that now, people. 
That is how observant I am. Anyway, watched it first, read this. I watched it on HBO Max. It is available for free on HBO Max. So if you have it, I guess it's not really free because you're paying for it. No. You're paying for HBO Max. But there's so many other things like, I don't know, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff. HBO is definitely like, if you're going to have a subscription to something, I think HBO is maybe top five. Yeah. Because you know how we were all so pissed about cable, right? We're like, fucking cable. It's so expensive. Yeah. Don't even get the channels I want. And then we kind of moved away from cable. And I think we've killed cable now. Because I really don't know anyone who still has cable yeah. television. Um, everyone has, like, you know, the Fire TV or Apple TV or whatever. And they have all the different fucking apps like Netflix, Hulu, whatever. It's like now you – I think we, we're paying more now for sh- TV or shows because we have like 60 different fucking subscriptions. Because yeah. I, I don't know. Because they're all – and they're all up in the prices. Like Netflix is like $20 a month now. It went from like seven ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine. Hulu, Hulu just increased too. Yeah. And they do – and Apple yeah. TV just did. Disney Plus just did it too. And mm-hmm. we're just so fucking lazy and like whatever. I'm still, I still want it that we just leave it and they just shove it up our ass because they know we're going to take it. This is the first time I have to pay for Disney Plus since it started because I signed up for it yeah, because of my right. Chase Chase Disney card for Stop three years. Up in me on our podcast. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So yeah, I don't Jackie, know if there's Jackie an doesn't have to pay for things, or she gets discounts because she's super organized and like no, is winning at life. We get it, Jackie. <laughs> we get it. She reads Mel- her emails and she gets deals. Mel Go fuck yourself. All I know is I'm probably spending like six hundred dollars a month on all these goddamn subscriptions. And when I say me, I mean my husband because whenever we start a new subscription to watch an adaptation, I do the free trial on his Amazon account, um, and then I forget about it. So yeah, it works. <laughs> we have so many subscriptions. I don't know if he's canceled any. <laughs> uh. Anyway, Jackie. Uh, okay. I read first, obviously, because Mel watched first, and of course, Kindle, but it was the same edition. It was not 29 de- uh, September. Jeez. I can't with the words and the letters right now. Mm. Published 29 September 2020. It's Scribner, um, but it was the same edition that Mel read. And then I also watched on HBO Max because that is another subscription. I pay for. So, oh, 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 I'm trying to find the date that mine was published. I'm not even seeing it. It was originally, it's copyrighted from 1982. That was when it was originally written. And then uh, Different Seasons by Scribner. I don't know what that is, but it was previously published in 2016. Ah, up first Scribner trade paperback edition september 2020 yep it's the same jackie it's the same yeah i found it i looked for it yay i found it we did it but let's talk about this story real quick um so we have the book and the movie i don't think there's like a ton that's different so let's just give you an overview of what this story is and how we're going to do that is we're going to read to you what is on one, back of the book, and two, what IMDb says about it. So let's see if you would pick up or turn on this story from these descriptions. Jackie, you read first, so why don't you give us the book? 
Okay, for the book, we have A Mesmerizing Tale of Unjust Imprisonment and Offbeat Escape. Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption is one of Stephen King's most beloved and iconic stories, and it helps make Castle Rock a place readers would return to over and over again. Suspenseful, mysterious, and heart-wrenching, this iconic King novella, populated by a cast of unforgettable characters, is about a fiercely compelling convict named Andy Dufresne, who is seeking his ultimate revenge. Fiercely compelling convict. Sure, whatever. We're going to get into it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Who writes these fucking intros? These these aren't the authors, right? Like, somebody's getting paid. Like, some schmuck at a publishing company is getting paid to write Oh, no. Somebody is definitely getting paid for it. But uh, one funny thing that I found from StephenKing.com is uh, about this book. It's the most satisfying tale of unjust imprisonment and offbeat escape since... The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it? Let us know what you guys think. If you've read this book and uh, read the Monte Cristo, let me know. Have you ever had that sandwich, the Monte Cristo? No. Oh, yeah, because it has cheese. I know it does have so. cheese. That's a ridiculous sandwich, yeah. isn't it? It's like ham and turkey and jam and Swiss, like panini styled between french toast like isn't that what that sandwich is <laughs> it's weird <laughs> like where why is it called that why is it called monte cristo i will research jackie's gonna look it up why it's called <laughs> and i don't know why the first thought i had of that was the fucking sandwich i'm hungry i think it's because i let the cat out of the room and i smelled what steven was cooking downstairs for the kids and i'm like mm. not that it smells like a monte cristo it does not but um i'm hungry now <laughs> <laughs> ah! I'm spill on my shit. It's a variation of the French croque monsieur. Uh, it is a an egg dipped or batter dipped ham and cheese sandwich that is pan or deep fried. It's fucking French toast. Stop trying to make it sound. F- it's French toast. We get it with ham and cheese in the middle style. Maybe sans sans cinnamon. And it comes like it, usually know. with a jam. Like they want you to dip this Frankenstein witch into oh supposedly entered the scene in the 1960s in southern california and exploded in popularity after the blue bayou restaurant at disneyland began serving oh disney made it famous yeah all right it's good then (laughs) (laughs) but disneyland okay i'm not gonna lie i like it disneyland's fucking lame um i do i have i do like a good monte but you can't eat that more than once every five years I feel like if you do, you're going to have clogged arteries, right? (laughs) I'm like, right? Like, seriously? No, seriously, tell me you're going to have clogged arteries. You can't eat it. People who would eat it regularly probably don't have the best diet. Oh, my God. I fucking want one now. (laughs) Steven. Make me a Monte Cristo. Okay. Movie. So this is from IMDb. Get ready, guys. Hold on to your, your pants right now. That was a good one. Yeah. Good one. Two imprisoned men bond over a number of years, finding solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. My question is, where is the common <laughs> decency in this book? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I or don't the really movie. They found solace. I think they're just beat down men in a, you know, mid-century. <laughs> There was no common decency. No, there's... Because everything, everything that Red does in that prison... Is a crime. Is 
is a crime. Yeah, he's a felon everything committing that felonies. Andy, everything Andy was doing in that prison was a crime. Also, a felon committing felonies. He was laundering fucking yeah. money. Common decency. I don't even, like, they didn't even, I, okay. <sighs> but is it common decency prison definition? Like, is that where they don't rape each other? Or shank each other? Is that where we get the common decency? Is that is that what common decency is supposed to be, though? Hey, you're here in the same place as me, so I'm not going to hurt you right now. Yeah, like, here we are at the table. We're just going to talk, and I'm not going to take my shivved toothbrush and stick it into your kidney 50 times. Or rape you. While I'm doing that. Yeah. So anyway, so the movie... It was released 14 October in 1994 by Castle Rock Entertainment. Castle Rock. That is, uh, you know, part of the Stephen King universe. It's something that Jackie and I have realized because we've done a, a few Stephen King stories uh, thus far. And it really is the Stephen King universe because in each book, like uh, the body in this one, they both even mention Cujo. Like Cujo is mentioned in there. Derry, which is where it takes place, is in there. Um, yeah, he's... Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool. I actually think it's really fucking genius that Stephen King is like, I have my own little universe, both science fiction and reality, too, mixed together. Did you watch that show on Hulu, Castle Rock? Mm-hmm. That was, um, because that has to do with, uh, they kind of tie Shawshank into that as well, the prison. It's on Hulu. I know Castle Rock is everywhere. I never made the connection, honestly, because you know I'm not a big Stephen King person. Yeah. I've never really read anything before the podcast, uh, but I've seen Castle Rock Entertainment on yeah. a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a big one now. But Castle Rock on Hulu is a series that they did. I think it was a limited series. Um, it, it what It's like a, uh, it's not scary. I don't think it's scary. Maybe some people did, but it's kind of creepy and weird. Um, but what's his face? Tim Robbins is in that. Hmm. Yeah, it's not playing Andy or anything, um, but it does have to do with Shawshank. Well, it's in Castle Rock, and Shawshank is the prison that's over there. It ties in. I don't, like, okay, we're off another tangent. If somebody has watched Castle Rock on Hulu, let us know what you think. But I just, I think it's cool. Stephen King's like, I'm like, all the 500 fucking books that I've written, they all take place in the same general area. Some in the future, some in the past, some in another fucking dimension. Like, it, I think it's genius. Or maybe it's just lazy. I don't know. He's like, I, <laughs> his, his editor's like, Steven, seriously, my bud, you need to branch out. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. I'm never leaving this place. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Uh, It was directed by Frank Darabont. Darabont? 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 I don't don't know. Whatever. Uh, Runtime, it's two hours and 22 minutes. It's it's a long movie. But I guess we're going into this age where, like, movies are over three hours and we don't care anymore. And well, and you know, in uh, Europe, a movie that length would have an intermission. Yeah, that is true. I did see a long yeah. movie in Germany, and like the lights went off. I remember, and I'm like, "What the fuck? This is not over." And then somebody was like, "Listen, you uncultured bitch, we're taking a break. People have bladders." Yeah, I uh, saw the they- English patient in Switzerland, and they stopped it halfway through, and people came out with like the little. Uh, what were they called? The cigarette girls in the forties. Uh, yeah. They had the uh-huh. little tray, but it was like candy bars and stuff like that. They came around to sell people snacks, and people took the opportunity to go to the bathroom and 
That's adorable. Then the movie Germany, skirt. they did not do that. Yeah. They had no candy bar girls. Yeah. It was just like, fat, fat do you want? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is rated R for language and prison violence. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't think this is a kid movie nope. for sure. Nope. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit much. So the estimated budget for this was about 25 million, which is a lot, especially like early nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening weekend, it made 727,000. Hmm. And then worldwide, it made 28 million from theaters. So didn't do that well. No. But listen to this. Shawshank Redemption is the highest rated movie on IMDb. Really? Yep. 9.3 out of 10. So it didn't do well when it was released in theaters, but it is like a masterpiece now. People just love it. Wow. It is the highest rated movie on IMDb. So suck it. That's insane. I'm not going to lie. I've always liked... Shawshank Redemption, I th- yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw it when I was a lot younger for the first time, and I don't think I appreciated it. Um, and then I believe I watched it again a few years later as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, it's one of those movies that you can watch and you can still be like, this is kind of fucking boring, but also appreciate the art of it. Mm-hmm. And like, what a beautiful movie and story it is, because it's really the story yeah. So the credit needs to go to Stephen King for this because the story is pretty great. Um, and then I, I think I've watched it again, like when it's on TV or something a couple years later. And I was like, oh, this movie is great. But for anyone that says that it's boring, I, I'm not going to argue with you. It's not a fast paced, action packed, suspenseful movie. It is you are following a man through several decades of prison. But that's what I appreciate about it. Like, the people who say it's not a good movie because it wasn't exciting enough or whatever, then they don't appreciate actual dialogue. Yeah. like The dialogue in of, this is amazing. Some of my favorite movies are from the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. where it was nothing but dialogue. And, like, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. That movie's mm-hmm. hilarious, even though it's about old ladies killing people. Um... I love Paper the, Moon. That is a black and white yeah. movie. It is, it, it's filmed in the seventies, but it's like met, filmed like it was in the kind of thirties, forties, mm-hmm. cause it's a great depression time. It's one of my favorite movies. Absolute yeah. all time. The it's Philadelphia amazing. story with Jimmy yeah. Stewart and Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Amazing movie. Uh, but we've gotten to a point now where unless things explode every five seconds, then it's not a good movie. Which yeah, is kind so of what I, I appreciate was... about some of the recent Marvel movies is there is actual character development and yeah. dialogue and substance there. It's not just things going boom every five seconds. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When I was doing my um, undergrad, we I had this class and we did this study on, or, you know, it was part of the syllabus where we watched a 1960s rendition of a stage rendition of Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And then we watched the 1990-ish, whatever, the one with Claire Danes. Yeah. Um, so the professor was like, listen, yeah, and Leo, I love you, Leo. Um, 
But the thing was, is it's the same dialogue because it is mm-hmm. Shakespeare. It is Romeo and Juliet and they did it. It wasn't like a, a retelling of it. It was an actual Shakespearean Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. So they're saying the same dialogue. They're, they're doing all the prose. Uh, but the 1990 whatever year it was is more captivating because it's so fast moving. Like the camera angle keeps That's changing. Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting this like crazy colors and wildness, yet it's still fucking Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. So we like the generation has moved on where they can't sit for so long and keep their attention. So it needs to keep changing and keep moving. Um, So I mean, Bassler is a fucking genius to do Romeo and Juliet that way, traditional with the dialogue because I love that fucking movie. I also mm-hmm. like Shakespeare, but I'm not going to be all pretentious. I think Jackie and I are, we've gotten on our pretentious soapbox here. Cause we're like, we love old movies with dialogue and character development. All of you fucking tards out there need to get with the program. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no, I, Shakespeare. I, I, I love, I love that Romeo and Juliet. I actually saw it in the theater. I saw it for free. It was a preview before the movie actually got widely released because my friend managed to get tickets and I absolutely loved it. And I still Yeah, did. no, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. But I love it. But it Baz just it shows, I mean, it goes we just to show you. we just saw Elvis. That was amazing. Oh, that was so, so good. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann's amazing. Love you. I don't know how we got on this, but um Jackie and I are going to step down from our pretentious soapbox now and get into this Yes, Shawshank Redemption is the highest rated movie on IMDb. And uh, a lot of people think it's fucking boring. So why don't we uh, get in to what these people have to say about this story? Jackie read the book first, so she's going to give us the Goodreads. Okay, so Goodreads, I found a couple different uh, reviews of each rating, but I think I'm going to pick... Just one of each. I did five, three, and one because Goodreads, as you know, is a five star rating scale. But overall, it got a 4.52 out of five. That is uh, just shy of 33,000 ratings. Of those 33,000 ratings or so, it's um, 2,354 actual reviews. Overwhelmingly, like majority Five out of five, sixty-one percent at five out of five. So that's, I think, really pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the highest we've we've done so far in the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a five out of five. Uh, I'm gonna say maybe it's uh this this one review. They said maybe it's not a perfect five star book in everyone else's opinion, but by God, that was a satisfying read. You can't read or talk about this book without referencing its movie counterpart because, after all, Shawshank Redemption is one of the most popular and well-liked movies of all time. Another reason is that the book and movie are almost exactly alike. Sure, Mm. there are a few bits in the book that the movie leaves out, and a modicum of poetic justice is dulled out in the movie that doesn't happen in the book. Otherwise, though, they're one and the same, and I love them both. Uh, my issue with that review is, how are you going to say that, yeah, there are differences, but they're one and the same? Um, <laughs> there's one pretty glaring difference, and mm. uh, that is, uh, what's his name? It's been so long. Prisoner that gets shot 
in the movie by the guard? Oh, Tommy Thompson? Tommy, Tom- yeah, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't come out and say that in the book. They just say yeah, that. Yeah, that's trans- what he's saying, like the yeah. liberties the, yeah. the directors took. But again, how are you going to say that they're one and the same if there are differences like that? But what Yeah, I- go fuck yourself. <laughs> no. How dare you? You are entitled to your opinion, good sir or ma'am. Do better. No. <laughs> <laughs> we get uh, it. It's like essentially the same, but yeah, kind of different. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, three out of five, a very middle of the road for King. This feels like a test of concept for the Green Mile more than anything. It is also very hard to, yeah, it is also very hard to listen to Red's narrations without hearing Morgan Freeman's voice in your head. That's fair. Yeah. Even though I technically read first for this, I'd seen the movie before. It was a long time ago. But every time I was reading Red's narrations, Morgan's Morgan Freeman's voice was in my head. I mean, he's the voice of God. It's really hard to yeah. replace him with anything. He's not the voice of God. He is God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm only moderately kidding about that. Jackie's trying to get us canceled. Thank you. And we're not even really started yet. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows who we are, but we're going to get canceled. Yeah. Okay. Final review. One out of five. So I most definitely love the movie so much more than the book. I just did. I was very excited to read this, but ended up really disappointed. Everything that made me feel scared, sorrow, angry, and excitement in the movie, which I think they're tense, is all wrong on that sense. Uh, I felt nothing in the book. My only thoughts while I was reading this was, well, nothing. I felt nothing. I felt like nothing happened. At all. Until the end. (laughs) I just pictured them reading this book going, when's it gonna start? (laughs) Meanwhile, they're 100 pages in. Like, you only have 11 pages left. Yeah, it's a novella. It's um, it's quick. Yeah. <laughs> they get to the last page. They're like, where's the story? And uh, FYI, they're in prison. Mm. So what's going <laughs> to happen? Where's the road trip? Actually, there's kind of one in there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Let's get into the movie. So, again, highest rated movie on IMDb with over six point or two point six million uh, ratings and reviews. Fifty five percent of them are ten out of ten. Twenty five percent of those were nine out of ten, and then the rest of the percentage is the lower ones. So we're at eighty percent of them are ten and nine out of ten. That's a bit wild that you could have overwhelmingly such a, uh, you know, common high rating. Cause I think for the most part, we're the episodes that we've done where we're going to IMDb, a lot of times it's like, it's kind of split. You know, you have yeah. like a third that like it, a third that don't, and a third that are like indifferent. They or you care. get a little, yeah, or you get a little bit more that like it on the popular ones and maybe like, 
two, like a quarter that don't like it, but it's usually pretty even. This one is legit just very top heavy. Everyone's like, no, it's fucking amazing. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, damn. That's what I hear when I see that rating. Yeah. Where now I'm like, if I didn't like this, I'd be afraid to put a rating up there. Somebody's going to show up at my house. Like, how dare you? Like, how did you find me? <laughs> this is anonymous. Really good How do you hackers. know who Bougie B is? <laughs> okay, okay. 10 out of 10. An incredible movie. One that lives with you. It is no wonder that the film has such a high rating. It is quite literally breathtaking. What can I say that hasn't been said before? Not much. It's the story, the acting, the premise. But most of all, this movie is about how it makes you feel. Sometimes you watch a film and can't remember it days later. This film loves with you. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. This film loves with you. I think it, I, okay, I think he meant lives with you. Yeah. But it says this film loves with you. I would rather it say that loves with you. I want to know what that means. Once you've seen it, you don't forget. The ultimate story of friendship, of hope, and of life, and overcoming adversity. I understand why so many, uh, class this as the best film of all time. It isn't mine, but I get it. If you haven't seen it or haven't seen it for some time, you need to watch it. It's amazing. I love how they go out of their way to give it 10 out of 10. Talk about how breathtaking it is, how it loves with you. And then they're like, it's not my favorite, but (laughs) I understand. It's not my best film of all time. Yeah. I Like, I get it. I totally understand. I mean, it's not mine. I like the French ones where at the end it just says Finn. Finn. Because I am somebody smoking a cigarette at a cafe table. Yeah. <laughs> this is not artsy enough for me, but it's a good American try. <laughs> it's in color. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not mine. Okay. Five out of 10. Why do so many people like this? Question mark. It's not that amazing. Neither is it bad. It's what? just, I don't know. That cousin at the family reunion that nobody cares about and they just stand there to make it look more crowded even though they're not needed. This film is not needed and the movie is just there. What? Okay, first of all, grammar and spelling. Oh, it's all over the place. It's terrible. Please, people, do better. But also, if you're going to give it that bad of a review, why give it five? Why not just go down to one. Oh, yeah, you mean like they're tearing it apart in the comments, but 5 out of 10 is really not bad. I think that's no. what they're saying is like it's not great and it's not bad, so I'm giving it the middle. But what is this about the cousin? I don't know. What cousin they're just there to make it look like you have more obviously, people? Is this a photo op? Th- no, obviously they have a cousin that shows up every year at Thanksgiving or the reunion. Maybe and they're that cousin and they're just nobody, resenting it. Like they get there and everyone's them. just like, oh, we went fishing this past weekend and we're going to Disney next week. And it's like, nobody invited me. And the only reason he's there is because like grandma invited him like, oh, don't forget about Charlie. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> else is like, are you hearing something? Like, I yeah, feel like there's, is there a noise? I don't, I don't know what's going on. 
Or like this is just that asshole in the family that only knows the pertinent ones, like grandma and mom, and and that's yeah. it, and maybe, maybe yeah. Uncle Tommy or something. And they get there and they don't realize that there's more people in this family than just them. Yeah. So they don't know who this cousin is, but everyone else does. Somebody knows who this fucking cousin is because they're there. Okay. And I feel like the person that wrote this review is probably that person that got the pity invite from grandma. Probably. Maybe not even grandma, grandma, like grandma's sister. Yeah. Yeah. Like, isn't there another one of Billie Jean's kids? Well, it's like any family reunion down at Nick's grandma's house. There's people that show up and I look at Mark and I'm like, who, who is that? He's like, I don't know. Some don't meth know. head that just crashed yeah. the reunion yeah. to get some Kool-Aid. It's 90 degrees out and they're wearing hoodies and sweatpants and scratching their arms. And I have a better question. Who actually does family reunions? I've never fucking been to a family reunion because my family just knows where everyone's at. I don't, I don't have family reunions because, first of all, my side of the family is very small. Secondly, most of them are in Europe, and they don't do that shit over there. Yes. Um, but, yeah, they're a waste of time. And Nick's family calls them Thanksgiving and Christmas, but they're actually family reunions. And by family, it's anybody and everybody that they've ever interacted with. Whether it's at oh yeah Walmart that real southern thing or the WalMarts, um, the WalMarts, yeah, uh, Dollar General, church, work, and like they had whatever. a really nice conversation, and now you have to put aunt in front of their name. Yes, I don't get that. Yeah, that's so fucking weird. And I I, we're not trying to offend any of you southerners out there. If that's how you no. do it, like if there's a valid reason for it, we support it. I just feel like if my mom came to anything that I had, like my wedding, let's just say my wedding since it's the most recent. And she just brought so-and-so who is her coworker that she's been working with for 10 years. So she's good with her, but she's like, Hey, this is now your, your aunt Mary. Like who the fuck is this person? They are not my aunt. Let me, let me pull up the genealogy tree. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to show you where the blood goes. That's not my aunt. Yeah. But I will say, okay, I'm not against the calling aunt, uncle, granny, that, that aren't blood related. Cause I do have a few people that are very, very close family, quote unquote oh, family. I have uncle Dieter. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. like, I get that because if like my grandmother grew up in a foster care with these other kids. So like they are very, very close, grew up, stayed close. So they're like aunt and uncle and all that bullshit. Um, but no, like, because you just had a really nice conversation. The dollar general does not make you my aunt. And we got really off track with that for this yeah. family reunion thing. I'm sorry. I just don't it's know. It's a whole lot you're going to be cutting out. I'm not fucking cutting shit out. I'm going to post it just like this. You're welcome, people. All right. Uh, one out of ten. Snarling critique is the title. Awful. A dreadful disgrace. The film is the most cliched in cinematic history and is worthy of no respect. Even worse is how it is so flawless, yet it still is of no quality. I do not know how this film can be revered over others such as Psycho, Apocalypse Now, Raging Bull, Easy Rider, The Godfather, The Killing Fields, Some Like It Hot, and Casablanca, amongst others. Shockingly horrendous. 
Some Like It Hot is a really random one to throw into all of those other ones. Yeah, because he's got some, like, really sort of intense ones, like Apocalypse Now, The Godfather. Yeah. Like, I get it. Raging those- Bull. Yeah, but here's the other thing. Not one of these movies fits in the same category or genre. Yeah. So maybe they are just, like, the greatest wartime movie, the greatest, you know, crime family movie, the greatest, you know, um, horror film. Like, it, that's also a thing, right? Like, y- y- you're comparing apples to oranges at this point. I wonder yeah. if they're just really that upset that this is the highest rated. There's a lot of reviews that I was looking at that that's all the review was. Was how is this the highest rated on IMDb? You know, that really doesn't mean anything. It just shows that the movie touched people enough that they felt the urge to comment on it or rate it. That's it. Yeah. All right, let's get into the characters of the book and the movie. So we typically go through, like, what who we felt were the main characters in each I'm going to say for this, though, that really it's Andy and Red and nobody else really matters. Yeah. They give, like, side context, if that makes sense. But I wouldn't say that they're integral to the story whatsoever. They're important in some ways, like, I don't know, the warden, because he has Andy do all kinds of nefarious things for him. Um, Tommy, in the movie is kind of at the forefront just because, you know. I would even say the warden is a bigger character in the movie than he is the book, because in the book, it's actually like three or four different wardens. Yeah. It's not just the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tommy, yeah, because Tommy's the one that introduces that, um, like, plot twist, I would say. Uh, the book is a bit more toned down. Yeah. On Tommy, where the movie makes a bigger, a bigger show of him. Like, he's definitely a bigger character in the movie. Um, also the guard, Byron, mm-hmm. I think is bigger in the movie. Yet he's still important in the book. It's weird because we're saying the same thing, but contradicting ourselves as we're saying, because we're like, well, he's more important in the movie, but he's still a big character in the book. It's hard to explain because I feel like in the book, if you removed these characters, like the additional ones. Just the, didn't give them a name, just said the guard or... No, no, woman. not even that. I mean, like, literally just remove that character where nothing that happens of interactions with that character occurs in the book. I feel like you're still going to have the same ending. Yeah. Um. Maybe except for, like, Tommy. But even so, I still feel like Andy knows, like, okay, here's the thing. Andy knows that he's innocent because he was there, right? Or, for this case, wasn't there. But us and the narrator of the story, which in the book is Red, and he's still the narrator in the movie, but we see a lot of stuff that doesn't involve Red, so I don't know how he, he can't narrate parts that he has nothing to do with. Um, So, it's almost like an unreliable narrator because... He doesn't really know. We don't really know. It's all, all hearsay. We're right. It's all hearsay. And at this point, we're thinking, well, he did end up in prison. 
his wife was cheating on him and he did show up drunk with a gun. So it's like, it, you want to think for the best, right? You want to be like, oh, maybe he didn't kill. But also it's really fucking strange. Like that's a big coincidence that your wife and her lover end up shot in bed, but you didn't do it. Like, right? It, it, he, mm-hmm. Stephen King's a master. He sets it up in a way where you question yourself, where you're like, Okay, I want to believe that he's innocent, but there's nothing that you're giving me that lets me think that. So the one, the one character that I think in the book plays a bigger role than in the movie would be Boggs Diamond with the sisters, because it seems like there's a lot more time spent in the book on his interactions, and that's a really, really, really mild way to put it. With Andy than there is in the movie. Um, I don't know. I think he got just as much credit in the movie that he, sh- I, that he did in the book. I, I think that the interactions in the book were a lot more graphic than what they showed in the movie. And there were, it seemed like more of them. But then again, also we have to remember in the book, it's Red narrating it. Yeah. So Red wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. So he's getting it from like hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. So it, we still don't even know it's true. Yeah. Before we jump into this, let's just give a brief synopsis, like an actual synopsis of the story. Uh, Rita Hayworth in Shawshank Redemption or the adaptation, The Shawshank Redemption is about a man in the 1940s, I believe, like mid to late 1940s. He's a banker. He's a well to do man. Um, he's married. He, finds out that his wife is cheating on him with like a golf player whatever i think in the movie they make it seem like he's a star but in he's the book a he's a golf like, pro at the club and he yeah, teaches so like, people how to play golf yeah so she's going there to take golf lessons and then ends up banging him because i mean that i guess that's what you do with her golf instructor um, we sort of find out throughout the way that he's just he's that guy that's just not really um He's not an attentive husband, I guess, mm-hmm. where she just needed a lot of attention. He wasn't giving it to her, but he was still going to work and not cheating on her. So this is one of those where I just, as a woman, I'm like, get over your fucking self. Uh So you got what you deserve, bitch. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kind of kidding. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, she seemed really anyway. needy. Really needy. Actually, you know, we're saying all this judgy shit about her, and she's literally in the book and the movie for maybe three seconds. Fictional character. Yeah. We just created this whole person, uh, persona of her, and it, she does not exist. And yeah. she really does not even exist in the movie or the book, because they're just like, oh, yeah, she's totally banging the golf teacher. Uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> we're like, this bitch, <laughs> this needy motherfucking bitch. Uh, anyway, so he, in the book, in the movie, what you get is this sort of, um, when he's on trial. So we're getting this all secondhand, right? None of this is coming from Andy. It's all secondhand information. And it's portrayed in the way where... He was really upset. He got fucking drunk. He had a gun. He drove back to the house because he knew she was fucking him on the couch or something. Uh, And from there, Andy's story is that he left 
he fell, he like passed out drunk, left, and then threw the gun in the river. Um, but the next morning, she and her lover are found dead. So obviously the husband or the wife's always the first suspect, right? Uh, so they arrest him and then they'd make up this, uh, they talk about how the DA is like trying to get elected for something. So they, he needs to have a big case that he wins to make him look good, which all rings totally true. Cause I feel like that's still the case today in our yeah. judicial system, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, so he's found guilty and a lot of, I think it's more so in the book. Red talks about this. It is given to you a little bit in the movie. Maybe, maybe more so, um, about how he really, Andy, that is, wasn't good for his own defense because he's very pragmatic and very to the point. I so he doesn't have, the- I definitely saw the difference between the book and the movie because the movie, they spend so little time on the court case and everything yeah. like that, that it, it doesn't really do justice in the book where it says that he was very cold very yeah. unapproachable and they he just he he hurt his like you said his own defense yeah because you're thinking like a husband that finds his wife dead would be emotional and he's just not an emotional man so when he's being asked questions that are heated and you know loaded he's just like no i told you i was i wasn't there no i, I don't know and everyone that's watching this is like <gasps> He's a monster. But really yeah. in his mind, he's like, I'm answering your fucking question. Like, what else do you want from me? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you do get a bit more of that in the book where he is, he is cold. And, and okay, you know, I'm not even going to say cold. Like, he doesn't seem like he's a cold person. He just seems like he's a very to the point. I'm an accountant. I like numbers type of person. Mm-hmm. Like he wears a pocket protector kind of guy, right? We can all picture that. So anyway. He's found guilty. In the movie, it's like, guilty, go to prison. In the book, uh, we do get a bit more on the evidence and what was found and who testified. So you get a little bit more insight. Does it matter? I don't know. I think in the book, it gives a bit more like, aha, because when they're talking about the washcloths and the store receipt and stuff, like, it lets you put on your detective hat, maybe. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting in the book. Does yeah. it does it make a difference that they don't do that movie? I don't think so. So anyway, so he gets sent to Shawshank, um, and that's kind of where the movie really begins because the him getting sentenced for killing his wife is sort of like the background noise at this point that leads up to him going to prison. And this is where Red starts to narrate and say, um, you know, he's giving you the play by play. Like it was this year, this time, this is what I was doing. And Andy showed up. Uh, so Andy's in prison. Uh, he gets assaulted and sort of accosted and molested and raped by these group of guys called the sisters. In the book, it better explains kind of why they, maybe not why they call them the sisters, because he even makes a note like, why do we call them? I don't know. It just stuck. Um, but then he explains like what these type of men are, like these predatory men. Um, that want to rape because he yeah. even makes a point. Red makes a point to like, like there are men that are totally willing, but they don't yeah. want them. They want and the ones that want nothing to do with it. Like the sisters aren't gay. They just need some kind of dominance over. Somebody. Yeah. Like they're just sadistic, twisted sisters. <laughs> um, so 
Andy is, is going through his prison life in here. He kind of makes these, this weird, awkward friendship with Red out of sort of necessity. And then they, I think they just kind of respect each other as much as you can, you know, respect another felon in prison. Um, he becomes the librarian in the prison. He sort of makes these deals with the warden. He's kind of just doing good things. He's helping people get their, uh, GEDs. He's doing taxes for the guards. He's, He's making a life for himself in this prison, essentially, um, while still it's shitty because he's in prison. Then Tommy is introduced and Tommy is the one that essentially says, well, I was in jail. Like he was in some sort of holding with this other guy and the guy just wouldn't shut up. And he was talking about how he killed this pro golfer and his wife because he didn't like him or he didn't tip him well, something like that, because he worked at the country club. Um, and they put it all together that, like, well, dude. It, I think it, it, it was, um, he wanted to kill people who mouthed off to him and he wanted to rob the place anyway because he cased it out mm-hmm. and, uh, he knew that this pro golfer was sleeping with this woman. He went to the mm-hmm. house and he wouldn't have killed them if they had just submitted and given him what he wanted but because the golf pro mouthed off to him he's like okay well now i gotta kill you and this bitch you got with you yeah so i think in the book that's how it goes but in the movie i think how it's described is that um the pro golfer was rude to him at the club Mm -hmm. so he went out of his way to go find him um it actually makes more sense in the book. Like it's, you kind of read it and go, that's a bit more believable. Uh, anyway, so Tommy is like in the cell with him, says it. And then the guy makes a comment like, haha. And this like, this, uh, rich accountant is, it took the fall for it. Like her stupid husband is, is doing the time for it over. So they bring this to Andy. Tommy tells him the story. So Andy's like, well, shit, like this, this is something. So he goes to the warden and the warden at this point, like, they have their kind of money laundering scheme going on. And the warden doesn't want to get rid of it because, excuse me, because Andy is a like an asset at this point. He doesn't want to lose them. So he kind of just gaslights the shit out of Andy going like, well, like, do you really believe this guy? I mean, he's just young and he looks up to you and he'll say anything he wants to placate you. And Andy's like, what? No, like he has like corroborating evidence <laughs> like this. We, he would have a W2 at the, he, if he worked there, like, this is hard evidence that we can get and I could get a new trial. And the warden's like, yeah, no. And then I think he puts him in solitary too. Uh, so I think this is like the turning point for Andy where he, I don't think he ever accepted that he was in prison because yeah. he knew he was innocent. Um, but what we're getting from him is that he's just trying to exist. But this is sort of like that turning point for Andy now in the story where he's like, you know what? No, fuck this shit. Fuck the man. Fuck the system. Like, um, I'm tired. Like, I'm going to take this whole bitch down with me. Which I guess is a bit more that's the case in the movie than it is the book. Where in the mm-hmm. book, he's just like, this, this fucking sucks. Um, so anyway, in the movie, we get the sense, uh, we get the story that plays out that he kind of turns the tides and sets up the warden to take the fall for all the money laundering. Um, he digs himself out of prison. He goes to Mexico. He tells Red, there's money, come see me. Kind of the same thing in the book. 
but like not so let's There's get into that. minor <laughs> differences like in the book he has a friend who's doing all this stuff for him whereas in the movie it's this or well in the book he his friend creates a character essentially yeah so let's get into what the differences are yeah. in between the book and the movie can, can we read whole... that quote though first oh yeah so it's the the read venture is that what it I, the either read? their adventurer or yeah it's a weird it's like their adventure the read the read the read venture venture.com So they say this about comparing the book and the movie. It says, comparing the book and the movie of the Shawshank Redemption is like comparing a warm chocolate chip cookie and a brownie right out of the oven. When it comes down to it, they both hit that sweet spot and are better than the other during the moment you are eating them. Which is totally true. This is a very, very factual statement about the book and the movie. When I found that, I was like, this this is... The most true thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we could describe it any better. Yeah. Because the book and the movie really are the same. You are getting the same story, um, but the plot changes ever so slightly from the book to the movie. And I think we, we do this, right? We, we go and compare and then we complain, like, why would Hollywood do this? But then there are some times in the adaptations where, like, you know what? This kind of makes sense when you're adapting it to a film or screen setting, you're acting it out. Like, the fact that there's four different fucking wardens in the book, like, that's yeah. just too much. It's yeah. too much for a movie. And it's really not pertinent to the story. So why not just have the one they kind of like mesh all the wardens together and they give us like the uber christian one mm-hmm. that personifies all of them and yeah. it's fine because why do we need to, we don't need to follow like oh well this year so and so did this and then it like it we don't care so we get the one warden where in the book we have i think there's either three or four and i believe one of the guards becomes a warden at some point as well yeah. 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 See, like, I, Jackie and I both read this book and I'm still fucking confused on who did what. It's like six degrees of the goddamn warden in Shawshank I know, Redemption. I know Andy and I know Red. Yeah. And that's really all you need to know. Yeah. So the fact that they took out the multiple wardens for the movie, fine. Love it. And even multiple guards. There were multiple yeah. head guards, too. Yeah. There's like, there's the shift guard, this guard, that guard, whatever. And they're all doing so. That's, again, it's a lot of people to follow mm-hmm. in a movie. So they give you, like, the main one, Byron, and, like, his posse. So those yeah. are the guards we see. And also, you know, when you think about it, it kind of doesn't make sense because you're like, why are these guards always on fucking duty? Like, yeah. they are literally always there. Middle of the day, middle of the night, first thing in the morning, at dinner, at lights on, at lights out. It's like, how are these guards always there? But yeah. you know what? You don't think about that while you're watching it, so it's fine. <laughs> Hollywood's like, people are stupid. They're not going to yeah. realize. Well, and we're like, we are. So. We didn't realize until we sat here talking mm. about it. <laughs> so next, but next time you watch this movie, if you do, or if you're going to watch it for the first time, just make note that the guards, especially Byron, is always there, regardless mm-hmm. of what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how this works. 
Andy and Red do ha- get this sort of friendship, and that is the story. Red is sort of telling the story of Andy, which is interesting because the book is written like it's a sort of diary written by Red. Mm-hmm. Um, even at the end, he's like, well, this is the last time I'm going to write because I got to take this with me and get on. You know, he thought he was going to lose the papers. And then he's like, oh, I'm writing again because they didn't find the book on me. Um, so we're getting this firsthand experience from Red, but not from Andy. So it begs the question, like, who is the main character, Andy or Red? Um, everything is about Andy because I think Red just grown so attached to him and respected him. Um, and he was a really good friend. I think it was like his first real, real friend. Uh, but also it kind of shows the difference between them as characters where Andy's not the type of person that would, you know, write his own story. Yeah. So we're not going to get Andy's firsthand perspective. So the book and the movie both narrated by Red and we're getting Red's perspective. And a lot of the times it's not firsthand because it's I heard from so-and-so who heard from so-and-so. And he even says that in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that's the same from book to movie. Even though we're getting um, some like firsthand stuff from Andy, not like technically firsthand, but like we're there without Red. Um, which is not how the book goes because everything is is through red. Well, I think uh, if Andy wrote his own book, it would be I was born, some shit happened, and now I'm in Mexico. I feel like there'd also be a lot of numbers, yeah. like this was my GPA, and this is what I got in college, and this is yeah. how much I made, and this is what it cost. <laughs> yeah, um, then it would be some shit happened. I graduated with this GPA. Yeah, the way he would explain the murder of his wife would just be, like, super, super plain. Like, well, you know, I passed out drunk, and then I was being arrested, and then I was on trial, and they're telling me about, like, how I was angry at my wife, and I shot her, and I was like, I didn't shoot her. (laughs) So, again, some shit happened, and now I'm in Mexico. I didn't shoot her or her goddamn boyfriend. Uh, And then that's... Really, for the most part, it's, it's the same. The movie, we get a lot of like condensed characters, um, where there's multiple in the book and they're like, fuck it, you get one. All right. You get all the characters, but you get one. Uh, so let's get into the big differences between the book and the movie. The one we talked about is there are more wardens in the book than there are in the movie. We already talked about that. I yeah. accept that change. Me too. Another one is there's this really dramatic scene. Uh, not dramatic and like tense. It's just sort of picturesque, very cinematic. It's a beautiful scene for that part. It's the one where Andy is unloading all the stuff they got from the library and there's records in there. So he's in the office and the guard is like, I got to go take a shit. Like, make sure all this stuff is out of here. Bring it down to your shitty library that you got. Uh, so what Andy does is he locks the guard in the bathroom and turns on the record. It's like this Italian opera and he plays it over the speakers. And it's, it's beautiful because all the prisoners sort of stop and they start listening. They have no idea what the singer is saying because it's an Italian. Um, but it's just, it's a break from their monotony. You know, it's some beauty in the midst of their, their crazy day. It's a beautiful uh, th- scene. It is. It's very beautiful. He's sitting back. He's just relaxing. You see all the, the prisoners just stop exactly what they're doing. They're listening. Um, it, it is, 
it's a really crazy juxtaposition because you have these hardened criminals, these felons, murderers, and they are just smitten, <laughs> like taken by this yeah, opera. They're Italian appreciating opera. the art. Yeah. This does not happen in the book. There's there's no scene like this in the book. Um, but I think Hollywood sort of got the gist of what Stephen King was trying to do with this story. And they made a very visual cinematic scene out of it. So I say bravo, brava, amazing. Um, there's that. Okay. Next huge departure is Tommy. So Tommy does exist in the book. Tommy is the one, like we said, that brings the information that now we're like, shit, Andy is innocent. Fuck. Like, what What do we do? He's got to get out of prison. This is injustice, right? He's like a, he's still a young guy in the book. He comes in, he's trying to do a better life. I think he does do the equivalency exam. Um, But it's just sort of background noise, right? The big part is that he got this information to Andy. In the book, the warden sort of, um, I think he bribes him or something, or, or basically like, you well, could go to this other prison where you could be yeah, out in six months. In in the book, he tells him about the prison where they have the conjugal visits or the work release or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, Tommy talks about that prison as he'd already been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <sighs> I think now what the movie does is it makes, it brings a better connection to the characters, I think, and it really shows you how corrupt the warden and this prison system is. Where in the book, it's like, it's background noise, you're getting it, you know they're corrupt, but it's like you don't really care, you just kind of expect it. So now you get this connection with Tommy, he's a young guy, just in and out of prison for stupid shit, and he helps him get his like uh, equivalency diploma, taking the tests helping him read he has a a wife and a young daughter you know he's like i want to turn my life around for them so andy's helping him you have this connection right andy goes to the warden tells him about what tommy did later that evening in the movie the warden takes tommy outside and they're talking about it uh what does he say to him essentially like i forget how he distracts him like basically walk off here um so the warden is talking to Tommy outside. Like it's the middle of the night. He pulls this prisoner out. They're like in the yard by the fence talking. So immediately you're like, this doesn't seem like this would happen. But you know, whatever. It's the 50s. Who knows? He's asking Tommy like, is this true? Did you hear this? Like, yeah. He's like, well, would you testify? And Tommy's like, fuck yeah, I'll testify. You know, like, and this is not right. And he's innocent. So the warden's like, okay, good, good walks away and then signals to the guard and then the guard shoots Tommy in the back mm-hmm. kills him you're like what the fuck does not happen in the book actually in the book it sort of alludes to the fact that Tommy took this deal to not testify and go to this better prison so you're kind of like is Tommy a dick maybe but uh, you know he's gonna do what he can for his family and himself but in the movie you're like Oh my God, this fucking warden is mm-hmm. the devil. So that's a big difference. I, I do, I actually prefer the way the movie does it than the book where it's like you have a character that brings such important information and then it's kind of like, okay, bye. Yeah. Where you have this connection with Tommy in the movie and then that 
sort of furthers like your conviction where you're like, fuck this prison, fuck this warden. It it ties it up a little bit better in the movie because even if he transferred somewhere else under the understanding that he would not say anything to anybody else, you know he's going to talk. That yeah. character was not going to keep quiet. He was going to talk yeah, to somebody talker. else. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the reality of it, but I... I I don't know if like Stephen King was just being lazy and he's like, oh, we got it. Like, we got, I got to let the readers know that Andy's innocent. How do I do that? Oh, this guy. And then he's like, I don't know what to do with him now. Bye. <laughs> Stephen King, do better. <laughs> do better. It's lazy. Said Mel, not Jackie. <laughs> I love you, Stephen King. <laughs> You're my um, favorite. So another departure, and Jackie Servalus uh, talked about this not too long ago, um, is how Andy sets himself up to be out of prison, where he talks about like, oh, he's like, I knew this was going bad when he got arrested in the trial. He's like, I knew I had to do something. So he has this friend uh, who I guess is also like an accountant or something who basically helps yeah. him set up another identity moves all of his assets and, you know, liquidates his shit, has all his money in his other account, pays the fee for him. Um, so that because if Andy goes to prison and fell and they're gonna seize everything and he's not gonna have access to it. So he he was being, again, very prudent. He's on trial for murder and he's like, oh my God, I gotta get my like affairs in order. Yeah. <laughs> like Seriously. I don't know who else is thinking this, but he's like really meticulous. So in the book, we get the whole backstory of this friend and how it's doing and how he saved these accounts for him. Where in the movie, it seems more like Andy did this while he was doing the money laundering for the warden. Yeah, he just steals from the warden. Yeah, but he also sets up like another uh, uh, person. Yeah, he, like he, he sets up another identity and then it shows in the movie how he goes from bank to bank yeah. drawing the money out. Under he said something like he's like you can get a license or something through the mail. Like he's showing how ridiculous Mm -hmm. the system is where you can cheat it. I I think I prefer the way it is in the book because it just makes more sense. Yeah. If we realistically, I feel like that could happen. But I understand why they changed it in the movie because I think that's it's too involved Mm -hmm. to try and convey that in the movie. And have people like stay with you because this point's like another character you have to introduce. another character (laughs) stuff that happened in in the past. It's very like if you don't understand how accounting and finances works, and we don't like we just be like rolling our eyes. Also, in the book, he kind of directs Red to this tree or this rock Mm -hmm. or whatever where the thing is buried underneath and Red goes and seeks it out. Where in the movie, you're like, why is he even looking? He just like remembered Andy said something and then... In the movie, Andy tells him about it. No, he does, but he doesn't... From what I remember, he doesn't really give Red any reason to go seek this out. Red just on a whim decides he's going to look for this. Yeah, I know. He made like a comment. I think this is the night before he finally escapes and he makes this statement about the Mexican city. Like, you're going to remember that name. Um, He's like, do you know such and such up here with this thing? He's like, well, there's a, a rock wall that's to the north. Um, And then if you walk all the way down, there's a black volcano of rock or something. Because here's the thing. Andy's in the fucking rocks. Okay. He's 
he's a fucking nerd. He he's likes an rocks. Amateur geologist. Yeah. The movie kind of explains it. We get a bit more in the book. Um, oh, I, well, this is why it's important in the book because you don't get this in the movie. In the book, they explain how because he has this hobby, that's how he knows he can start digging through the wall because he was doing something and he felt like the moisture in it. And he's like, I remember when they were talking about this cement and from this year, they didn't do this. And that's why it's like, blah, blah, blah. And you can pick at it. They don't explain this in the movie because I think they're like, nobody fucking cares. In the book, it's a bit interesting because you're like, oh, that's clever. And then I immediately forgot it. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, he does. Andy tells uh, Red about this wall. And if you go, there's a rock and under that go. But Jackie's right. It's kind of like, uh, I don't, I don't know, Jackie. Like, I love you. But if you told me some cryptic message and you're like, listen, if you ever go over here, there's going to be a rock. I'm not going to go look for it. As far as the movie goes, though, he didn't even say that. He didn't even say, like, if you go over here, he was just like, yeah, there's this rock wall that I went to one time. He does talk about the volcano rock, the black one. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. I don't remember if he, it is weird because it's like, why, why did you go? And then also in the movie, it makes it seem like Red finds it right away. Where in the book, he's like, I had to keep going back there. for weeks. (laughs) Yeah, and then he'd be like, I'd have, I'd hitch a ride and I'd be there all day just walking. He's like, there's a lot of rock walls, blah, blah, blah. On his, <laughs> like, on his days off from bagging groceries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you just have this, um, old man walking yeah. around a field. Yeah. And he even says both in the movie and the book, like, he's, he's so, uh, like, worried that somebody's gonna come up to him and be like, why are you doing this? What, what are you looking for? take you back to prison <laughs> when you're like what like what are you gonna get just, arrested for this, just this taking show. a walk thank you so um but yeah because andy makes it seem like that's already there where in the book it seems like andy is telling him go there do this like I- i'm like he's gonna set it up for red yeah. To go there. Um, and, and what's in there is there's money and a letter saying, like, if you're reading this, then you must be out. And remember that Mexican city? He's like, well, I could use some help. Um, and oh, that's right. In the movie and the book, I think they both do this where the postcard, cause he doesn't sign his real name. He doesn't say who he is. Cause obviously that's incriminating. Cause he did, uh, escape from prison. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, the, what is it? The postcard is from some border town in Texas. Yep. So Red's like, oh, he must have crossed there. I'm like, that's really presumptuous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you, anyone realizes this, but the border of Texas and Mexico is fucking massive. It, there's a it lot It is hundreds there. and there's hundreds so much. and hundreds of miles. There's so So much. just to be like, I'm going to take a bus from Maine to Texas, <laughs> and not the start of Texas, but, like, the bottom of it. I mean, how long does it take you to drive from one side of the state to the other? Dude, like And the, the the border goes down and up and, then, uh, and then down and, and down. <laughs> yeah. So, but Red does it. He's like, I what else do I got to fucking lose? So, but also, he's now committing another crime or breaking his parole because felony. He's, yeah. he's leaving the state and leaving... The country. After the being released the from prison 
after yeah. committing a felony. <laughs> yeah. And Red was in prison for murder. Yeah. He did murder someone. So there's that. <laughs> Andy may be innocent, but Red was not. But then again, Red did spend a lot of time in there. I think he, I think it's one of those murders where he was trying to rob a place and shot the guy, which doesn't make it good at all. But it's not like first degree murder where, you know, he hired a hitman and shit. Um, it was just, he was young and stupid. Oh, speaking of Red, something we didn't talk about. Uh, Red is played by the great Morgan Freeman. God. While Andy is played by Tim Robbins. Let's just talk about these character descriptions real quick. Tim Robbins is a huge dude. And not like huge where he's bulky. He's tall. He's like, what, 6'4"? Yeah. 6'5"? He's really He's a tall, tall dude. Tall dude. Uh, the first thing they say about Andy, meaning Red, is like this short dude. <laughs> this yeah. short, stocky, like, nerdy dude. Yeah. Um, so, okay. And Red... Is described is also- as a ginger yeah. of Irish descent. Which is kind of funny. Uh, the, di- the the dialogue in the book is when he asks him why it's called Red, he's like, oh, it's probably because I'm Irish or something like that. Um, so the movie does use almost all of the dialogue from the book. So Morgan Freeman does say that mm-hmm. in the movie. But I think it gives it more of this ironic, like quirky, funny yeah sense Sarcasm, where in the book he's yeah. like he's like oh it's because i'm fucking ginger i'm like a red-headed bastard over here that's yeah. why they call me red like I don't yeah. <laughs> um but here's the thing so red is not a black man in the book but red has no issues using the n-word None. then again this is the 40s the 50s and the 60s so I, we've talked about this before different time different standards but we don't agree with it, but... We don't agree with it. We don't like it. We don't like the word. But I just... It's... I wonder if the, they casted Morgan Freeman to be like, Red's not a racist. Look, we made him a black man. Mm, I have no issues with the casting of Morgan Freeman. I think it's spot on. To any have that role sort he of just, plays. Any any role. Like That's fair. One of my, yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time, Power of One. Love that movie. I would like to say that I would like to do that for a podcast, but that book is like three inches thick. <laughs> that book takes an entire month. We Don't know if I want to do that. that um, but <laughs> I I love him in that movie. And then I love him in Bruce Almighty. I love him yeah, he's in great. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Morgan Freeman is the voice. He is God. I've never, and he does everything. He's like Samuel L. Jackson. These two are in every fucking movie out there. Um, but yeah, him as Red in there, I, I really could not see anyone else in that role. No. Even after reading it, I, again, I hear Morgan Freeman's voice as I'm reading yeah. it, narrating it to me like a I lullaby. Just, just pictured Morgan Freeman with red hair. But also Tim Robbins, I think, I don't think you could replace him. And I don't really know no, because who there else is you would no, cast. Yeah, I don't think I can think of any single actor who could possibly do that role. Because Tim Robbins is... How do I say this without sounding stupid? Um, he can play a character that really has no personality. Yet is very... Char- not charismatic, but like... Oh, I don't even know what to say about it. Oh, like, just what's his face from dude. High Fidelity? 
He had zero personality. Who? In High Fidelity. Tim Robbins. The character that he played. Oh my god, yeah. Like five <laughs> I forgot he was in there. He had He plays like the, no the guy that's personality, just, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, it's true. He can do this, but like effortlessly where it's believable, you know, yeah. where somebody else would do this and you'd be like, that's a horrible actor, but Tim Robbins does not you're like, oh my god, the masterpiece. He's... <laughs> He's so brilliant. But really what he's doing. favorite part of that whole movie. (laughs) God. And what was the other one? Bill, um, Bull Durham? Where he plays the, that's where he met, what, Susan Sarandon? And started doing their weird little relationship with her saggy boobs. Um, oh, Jackie and I also found out that they have not been together in a really long time. And I, I would have bet my whole salary, like if I was on the prices, right? Or Jeopardy or something like that. And they're like, Tim Robbins, who's he with? About Susan Sarandon and her saggy boobs. <laughs> but they haven't been together in like 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> when did this happen? When did they split up? Who said they could do this? Also, Bad. we kind Wrong. of, I think we've agreed that Susan Sarandon might be a predator. <laughs> a little bit, because she went for somebody younger after yeah, Tim Yeah, because when she was dating Tim Robbins, like he was a lot younger than her, maybe like 15 years. Like not like, not crazy younger. They're both adults. Um, but now she's like, what, 70 something? She's dating like a 30 year old. Listen, well, I'm not she's judging. Not, she's not a predator. She's a cougar. She's a cougar is an apex predator. So <laughs> I'm just saying like, <laughs> and I'm not doing a double standard because I think it's fucking nasty when guys do it too. Okay. No 70 year old needs to be banging a 20 year old. All right. It's disgusting. Stop it. You're Just saggy ass balls. Lisa and Tom. Ew. It's gross. Okay, where do we go? Uh, we just totally got off track here. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, Andy escapes. Now, this is a big thing that's different from the book and the movie. So the movie, it says he escapes in 1966. So he goes in, I believe it's 1948. Something. Because it's like right that. after the war. Yeah. Also, in the book, it sort of alludes to the fact that Andy was like in the war, which we don't get any of that in the movie. Hmm. It's very subtle, but there's like talks of it where he is a veteran. Okay. Um, yeah, in the book. And it's, it's very subtle. Like I don't even realize how I caught on to it, but I was like, wait a minute. The way he's talking about it seemed like he was in the war. Uh, so 1948 is when he goes in. Um, and then in the movie, he escapes in 1966. So it makes it seem like he's been in there less than 20 years. But in the book, it was 1975. So he's been incarcerated for almost 30 years. That's the one difference that I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get that either. They're like, we don't want him to be too old when he escapes. It's like, but what difference would it make? Yeah. And he had it's to, very confusing. He had to claw through how thick of a cement wall to get out. Yeah. So he's like in his 20s, I believe, like late 20s when he goes in. Yeah. So 20 years later, it puts him like in his 40s, maybe almost 50, where if we follow the book, he's like pushing almost 60. Because yeah. Red's talking about that too, where he's like basically 60 when he gets out. Yeah. Um, well, another- yeah, This is what I don't, I don't understand it either. And another minor difference is between the book and the movie is it looked like in the movie, most of them were in single rooms. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas in the book, they talk about them being in double rooms. And Andy somehow yeah, and that's why it was managed such a big to deal. get a single room. The one time he had a roommate, the guy complained about the draft. Yeah. And you'd think that they would have gone to inspect that, but mm-hmm. they didn't. No, because they don't care. They're like, you're cold. Yeah. We don't give a shit. Um, I will definitely say that there are is a lot more foreshadowing mm-hmm. in the book yeah. where you catch on quicker. Yeah. That something's going on. Yeah. Where in the movie, it's like, oh shit, there's it's a like, hole in the wall. Bam. <laughs> and then they do a little montage where they're showing like, oh, well, Andy was doing this and Andy was doing that. And this is why he wanted that. And you're like, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The book, I, I'm like a core of the way in. I'm like, even though I, already, I know that he's getting out, I'm like, this fucker's escaping. Yeah. I'm on to you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big hole in the wall. Yeah, I'm like, what you need that poster for, Andy? Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. huh? The big one? Um, also, I think now another big difference is the way it all sort of ends where we don't get the sabotage that Andy does in the movie. It is more subtle where he's just like, you know what? I'm fucking out of this place. I did it. I'm going. I'm going to climb through shit. It's like- and I'm going to come out <laughs> clean on the other end. It's- it's like we end the the podcast. He's just like waking up one night and he's like, bye. Yeah, bye. It is. It is. He's just like, I think in the book, they, uh, he makes a comment to the other guys. Um, and then they're like, oh, Andy said blah, blah, blah. And Red's like, dude, is he killing himself? Like now they're all nervous. So they're in their cells at night waiting to wake up and find that Andy killed himself. Yeah. Um, which doesn't happen. They get up in the morning. Okay, this is another thing. In the book, remember they do, like, they have them come out to do, like, roll call or whatever. Yeah. Andy doesn't come out and they're like, oh, that, this truck is setting us back. Just bring him the breakfast. Blah, 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 and they'll bring him yeah. back later. So, like, it's all day that he's gone and they don't even realize because they're just, they're irritated and lazy and don't yeah. want to check. What? You have a prisoner that doesn't come out of the cell and you're just like, whatever, we'll check later. Yeah. <laughs> what? Gotta love it. So, in the movie, it's definitely more believable. Um, but I do question Stephen King's grasp on reality when I read stuff like this and go, did you even talk, like, did you maybe just call a prison and ask? Cause it is in the 80s, so it's not like you could Google it. Um, but an author like that, you should do your research, maybe call a prison and be like, listen, so at night or like in the morning when you open the cells, like, you do a check, right? And they're like, yeah. Like, what happens if one of the fuckers doesn't come out of the cell? And they're like, we storm the bitch. We toss it. We fucking finding him. So obviously Stephen King didn't talk to nobody because he's just like, it's going to be all right. Yeah. And it helps just my story. take him to breakfast and then, you know. Let him eat. Put him out in the yard for a little when bit. It's, when it's time to do somebody's taxes and yeah. Andy doesn't And they come back up. and they're checking the logs and like, hey, where's Andy? Or where's like sell whatever, whatever, whatever. And they're like, I don't know. And they go in there like, oh, shit. And then it takes the warden. And this happens in both the movie and the book where the warden comes in. And he's like, you dumb motherfuckers. Which, totally believable. If I was the warden and this was happening, I would legit be losing my shit. Um, But also, like, as the warden, I don't really think it's my place to be searching the cell. No, you're supposed to delegate. Yeah, like, I'm not coming down to the cell to, to search. That's not my job. That's not in my work description. 
But he goes down there and he's like tearing shit. And that's how they find the hole. Because he, I think in the movie, he throws one of the rocks that Andy was, uh, whatever he did with the rocks. And it, he it was goes through, obviously. Pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing stupid shit with the rocks. He throws it out of anger and it hits the poster and it goes through it. Because it there's a hole. And they're like, what? Where I believe in the book, he's just like on a rampage tearing shit and he just grabs the poster and he's like this smut um rips it down and they're like a hole i will say though in the book the way they went about searching the hole was a lot funnier than in the movie oh yeah the prison guard (laughs) who didn't want to go down there and he's like no don't make me go and they're like get in there then he's like walking down then he like like, falls face first into the shit (laughs) (laughs) we'll tie a rope around your waist we promise yeah. we'll hold it. We won't let you go. We totally mm-hmm. promise. And, yeah. This is how we investigate prison escapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there and touch everything. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Andy's gone. Yeah. But now I think how in the movie we get the, the like really dramatic scene where he's, you know, crawling through the hole He's jumping down. He's breaking through the pipe to get in there and crawl through. So we're seeing it all. And we're like, oh, my God, it's fucking nasty. But in the book, I believe how we get the kind of play-by-play is that from the investigation, that's what they deduce is, like, the most likely scenario, like, what he did. Because nobody actually knows. You don't get the play-by-play, and I appreciate that about the book, because Red didn't (laughs) actually see it happen, so he's just like, this is what they think happened. He got through this hole, came down, went into the sewer, uh, picked a hole in the pipes, and then crawled out, got into the riverbed. It was all during a thunderstorm, so that's why nobody really heard it, because the thunder was going... But I will say this, after what we just described on how they went about investigating this, uh, I don't really believe them. So who knows Yeah, how Andy got out and what he yeah. did. But he's out. He fucking left, crawled through shit, got new clothes. So in the movie, during his sabotage for the warden, that, the warden that's where he gets like the shoes and takes the... Um, the suit. Takes the suit. That's supposed to go drag. So that's how he gets like clothes. So he's not in like a prison jumpsuit when he gets out because they, they say in the book and the movie, like people have tried to escape, but you know, you're walking down the street in a prison jumpsuit. Like everyone around here knows and they're going to, you're going to be going back. So in the book, it doesn't really say that. So who knows? I don't think they found anything from him either. Um, but that's it. And then Red's just like, you know, I do miss him. He was my friend. I hope he's all right out there. Hope he's okay. So then now we just have Red's story. And he finally gets paroled. He gets out. He's living a miserable life because he's legit lived his whole adult life in prison. Before that, the warden in the movie commits suicide. Yeah, that... But he doesn't do that in the book because it's, he doesn't get the whole sabotage thing. It's literally just he's, Andy's gone and the warden's like, well, shit. Yeah. Yes, going back to how we used to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't get the dramatic, the cops are on their yeah, way, sirens going. I think going. in the book, the warden resigns or something, and then Hadley maybe takes over for a minute and then resigns. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. the movie did it better because in the book, it's like, nobody fucking cares, stupid wardens. 
They're like, what do we do with this warden? Uh, I don't know. Well, we merge five into one. Let's just off him. Replace so. another one. Yeah, replace yeah, another so one. Yeah, so he's gone. The guard gets arrested. Like, it's a big thing at the end. It's big to do. Um, So Red finally gets paroled. He's living a miserable life. He's in a halfway house. He's bagging groceries at a store. And he's... uh, it, it, It's the... I think everyone is who's watched, like, a documentary in this or watched the show, like... It's hard to adjust when prisoners in the United States get out of prison because they're not like reintegrated and it's never been that way. It's literally you just live in a cell like a caged animal and then they're like, all right, cool, you're fine and let you out. The United States is the only one of the only countries, if not the only, that treats prison as a punitive measure, not a rehabilitative measure. But but they like to... They like we're not American. We like to use the words rehabilitate and all that. What well, like yeah, they're getting rehabilitated? Like how? What? How? Like you you give them like a like a CrossFit set and a you know a, a Bible. Like that's not yeah. rehabilitation. And yard time and maybe the view. Yeah, all these that's dudes it. do is work out and you know cre- co- commit more crime. <laughs> that's yeah. all. That's all they learn how to do. Women too. It's not any better there. So yeah. Red, uh, it makes more sense in the book how he finds out where Andy's going. But the thing is, in the book, Red never, we don't get to see Red reunite with Andy. Because he's like, I'm getting on the bus now. Wish me luck. And then the he end. stops writing. Yeah. So I, I think that kind of ending, okay, as a literature nerd here, I, I've talked about this before. You know I love closure and I want closure on everything. So these kind of endings for me suck because I'm like, what happens? I need to know. Give me an epilogue. Where is it? And we don't get that. But this book doesn't irk me as much. And I don't know if it's because I've seen the movie. So I'm just picturing that. Um, But it is, I believe, a happy ending-ish. Like as happy as it can be that Andy or Red is gonna try and go find Andy. If he finds him, who knows? I'm gonna believe that he does. Where in the movie, we get them reunited on a beach. What is Andy doing with the boat? Who knows? It looks like it's not ever gonna be seaworthy again, but he's he's trying. Yeah. The the optimistic side of me sees that ending in the movie, where they eventually find each other and they're like best friends for life. The cynical side of me sees him getting apprehended by Border Patrol. Yeah. And sent back to Where prison. are you going, boy? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because he doesn't, I don't know what you need back in 19, was it in the book? It's 1975. I don't, like, do you need a passport? I don't, what do you need to go to Mexico? I don't know. I was not alive then, surprisingly. Yeah. This is another I'm thing old. that maybe. Maybe Stephen King also didn't do his research on this. Like he's like, just it's fine. He's just gonna go. He's, it'll be all right. Like, There's this border town in Texas. You'll get across just fine. Yeah, I just, you know what? Not even gonna harp on it. Doesn't well, matter. Remember, we're at maybe, the age we don't ask questions. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're victims of our work history, and we've worked for a certain. Yeah, so we're just like, this companies. is not how it works. This is not how any of it works. <laughs> But then again, we also were not alive during 1975, so I don't yeah. know how one would get 
from the United States into Mexico during that time. Maybe it was just like open borders and it's like, do whatever the fuck you want. But I don't know because red sort of makes a statement about like, I hope I don't get caught. Like, so you're, you do have concerns. So this, okay. This to me right now, and I'm going to do my little Disney thing right now. Um, this screams people that go to Disney and don't make reservations. Yeah. And they're like, we'll just do it when we get there. It's like, well, and then it's going to fucking then suck. And leave negative reviews. Yeah. They're like, Disney's awful. And it's like, Disney's one of the, if not the most popular tourist site in the world that hosts millions of people per day. And you are just going to fucking wing it. Like, you don't go to the Vatican and just go, we'll just see what, if they'll let us in. Like, that's, that's not how that works. No. That's not how any of that works. Just like, I'm pretty sure in 1975, you don't just walk up to the border to Mexico and go, cool, let me in. But yeah. what do we know? We're fucking stupid. So <laughs> just walk up and be like, is Mexico open? And- yeah. Like, can I, is, is, is it operating hours? Oh, come yeah. back tomorrow between eight and four. Got it. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about our reviews finally yeah jackie you read first so you go okay uh book i'm gonna say four out of five it was a quick read and very well written uh movie eight casting aside just because I read first, I had this idea in my mind of Andy, even though I'd seen the movie years ago, uh, I pictured short person, whatever. And then I was kind of shocked reading the book when I read the descriptions of Red, found out, hey, he's not Morgan Freeman. Um, I said, <laughs> these the- are not the people I know. Yeah. <laughs> The acting was spot on and has enough from the book that it did not piss me off. So, 8 out of 10. Mel? (laughs) You get an 8. I wasn't angry. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Book, I think Jackie and I are on the same page here. Book, I'm giving a 4 out of 5. It is. It's quick, um, easy. It definitely is a great story. Why I'm not giving it a 5? Because 5s to me are like, oh my god, give me more. I want to do it again. And this book's like, I... Did it. I got the t-shirt. I'm good. Uh, the movie. All right. Here I go. I'm going to be one of these people on IMDb. <laughs> the movie, I believe, deserves a 10. I do think that it is one of those great masterpiece movies out there. You know, it hits all the marks. Acting, imagery, screenplay, etc. Like, it, it does it. And it did such a good job respecting the story as well. That I think you can't really ask much more of an adaptation. Well, I'm going to give it an eight because I've talked about how I've watched it in the past. And it's one of those where I would, I enjoy it when I sit there and I watch it, but that's only like once every few years can I do that? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to watch this movie again anytime soon. So eight. I think this is one of the few times that you and I have given the exact same rating to both book and yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're fair. Yeah. And obviously you're right this time, so. Because <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. It's like the Duh. the kids 
the kids, they say, daddy's always right because mommy tells him what to say. Yes. <laughs> How else is he supposed to know? <laughs> exactly. All right. So there's our, our reviews. And we read, we watched. So hopefully you don't have to waste your precious time DNFing. If you're all those with dirty minds, it means did not finish. Which also could be kind of dirty. Yeah. 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 And sad. But in a disappointing way. Yeah. Yeah. Very disappointing, sad way. Yeah. 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 Um, I am going to go with watch. I think you're getting the same story. I just said this. It definitely respects the story. And so you're not missing anything. But the book really is quick. I think you could read it. I think I read it like in a couple hours. And that, and that's because I was not, I was distracted. I think if you really buckle down, you could probably read this book like in an hour and a half. So, you know, if you just, just saying, but watch it. I'm going to say both or either. <laughs> yeah. Wishy-washy. No, not wishy-washy. Wish- I have reasons. Wishy-washy. I have reasons. Um, if you decide to do both, read and watch, definitely watch first. If you read first, you'll watch and then wonder why some things were changed. However, mm. you can do either. Just know that you're going to miss some stuff from one that are not transposed to the other. <laughs> Mel looked like she was going to say something, but then she stopped. And then... Yeah, I was like, uh, never mind. Yeah. Okay, guys. So thank you for listening to the end. Uh, this was a pretty fun story for us to do. Uh, I know we were out for a couple weeks, and we probably will also be um, not posting a new episode for probably another couple weeks but we are going to be a bit more active on social media um because holidays are coming up you know and and families like we got to do stuff like that um jackie's also completing her move to florida so she's got some shit she's got to take care of uh what we are going to do right now is we're going to let you know that the we are going to post the next episode the week before christmas and then we will um, get back to our normal schedule starting in uh, the new year, in January. So we are doing a Christmas carol, uh, for obviously for Christmas, duh. Uh, and the adaptation that we've chosen is what, Jackie? We are doing Scrooged with Bill Murray. Um, you can rent it or buy it on Amazon Prime. But it is free if you have a Paramount subscription, right? Yes. Okay. So... That is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be posting that episode in December. So we're going to get started on that. We're also going to post the information for the book in uh, Discord. So if anyone wants to read along with us and give your insights, we're going to put that up on Discord. Um, and also we will do probably a watch party via Discord the week before we record. Um, so anyone that's interested in that, we're going to post the information on social media. Uh, and then we will also post our next year schedule uh, in a few weeks so you guys can see what's coming up. But also, we definitely want to hear from you guys on uh, what we should do in the coming years. I mean, there's a lot of adaptations to do. And there's a lot of really big ones coming out soon. Um, so we're excited. But looking at we're you, at that Akatar. point where we got to... 
looking at you, Akatar, looking right at your fucking face, Akatar. But this is the point where we're going to flip the coin to see who's going to read first and who's going to watch first for Christmas. This is with the understanding that before the watch party, both of us had read and watched, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna finish it soon. We're gonna get ready for it. All right, uh, Jackie, you want to call it? Um, I feel like I always call it. Yeah, you do always call it. I'm yeah. gonna call heads to read for me. Okay. Okay. You ready? Heads yeah. for me, Melby, to read. It's tails. You. Read I first. read first <laughs> again. <Yeah. laughs> I watch first. All right, okay. guys. Um, don't forget to like, follow, share, you know, and also keep on the lookout for our, uh, our, uh, sub podcast. I don't know what you call it. It's going to be our, cause Jackie and I read a lot of shit. We're always I reading. Think, I think we, we also need to dedicate a whole episode to Hades Hangman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So keep an eye out for that on the social media. We'll be posting when we get those going. Um, these are... The non-adaptation books, these are just straight your book talk, crazy rabbit hole, Kindle Unlimited, crazy reads, and some like good ones in there too. Uh, Jackie, what are you reading next right now? Uh, I am reading uh, A Curse of Blood and Stone. It is book two in uh, the Fate and Flame series by K.A. Tucker. And this is how much we read. I She was telling me about it. I'm like, wait a minute. I know this book. I told you about this book. I was like, let me find it. I know I read it. And I was like scrolling through my Goodreads, like the what I've read so far. And it just like it's so buried in there. Um, and then I found it. I was like, I told you. I told you about this book, Jackie. She's like, I wasn't saying you didn't. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, is I had to get through all eight of the Hades Hangman books and I had to get through all kinds of other shit before I got to this. It's been in my library forever. forever. Yeah, I have a lot on my shelf. In my office, I had like my physical TBR list is massive. And then my Kindle Unlimited <laughs> reading list is even larger. Um, so Jackie's reading that. I think, because uh, I just finished the book last night. So I have to start a new fresh one. And I think I'm going to do the sequel to It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, which is It Begins With Us. I just picked it up. Okay. I'm excited. So yeah. All right, guys. That's it. Till next time. Bye. Okay, bye.